Welcome to Young Americans, a DIY depth psychology podcast where we explore differential diagnoses on reality narratives and the creative ways we navigate the void. We are your hosts. I'm Brooke Macbeth, and this is... I'm Jillian Masland, and today it's our very first ever stab at this whole, this whole thing. And we decided that just taking a look at current events, we would begin by... Um, just kind of sitting for a minute with the hanged man card of the major arcana in the tarot deck. Um, it's a card that is about suspended animation. It's about stasis holding patterns and the ways in which um, external influences put us in binds where we um, don't have an option for escape immediately and therefore are, um, are just staying put for <laughs> for some time which, the holding pattern the bondage the holding pattern the bondage the um the strictures yes the strings the many Can strings the stage with what's happening in the world right now julian i suppose that it would be good to do so because depending on when people listen to this it may be in the past what's going on um do you want to do you want to take the reins on that for a uh, bit well i can offer my own synopsis but feel free mm -hmm. to add um sure. So we've been under stay-home orders for months. Jillian and I are both in Los Angeles, California. Mm -hmm. uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been happening since March. And for the last three weeks, is it? There have been... Three, like about a fortnight, yeah. 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 Uh, there have been protests since a Minneapolis police officer murdered a black man who was being detained for really no reason. Um, no. And there have been subsequent murders, uh, acts of white supremacy, outrageous acts of police brutality happening all over the country. Um, so it's a time of both suspension and change. But I always think about metamorphosis when I think about these things. I studied entomology for a while, and basically what happens during pupation is the animal completely breaks down inside the pupa and turns yeah, into eyes, right? only basic it, it, organ structures. So like that's some hanged yeah. man energy. <laughs> That's some major alchemy there, because yeah, I remember reading that recently that the the butterfly literally like completely almost dies. Really. Almost dies, yeah, like reduced to elements basically. Completely decays or, or liquefies. It it, uh -huh. it goes from being a solid caterpillar to um, then a liquid <laughs> that transforms. Yep. That, I mean, honestly, if you if you think about the um, the visuals of the hanged man. Um, they're not hanging in the sense of like a hanging that not you by would, the neck. Not yeah. by the neck. They hang by the feet, which is kind of like the way that a crystalist would hang, you know, oh. and, and um or a bat and, sleeping. Yeah, or I was thinking about the bat sleeping too, actually, as I was saying that. Um and yeah, I mean I, I think we've we've been discussing this kind of off the record up until now and um I think that part of what the hanged man is about and why we chose the hanged man instead of the hermit, because that was kind of one of the initial ones we were playing around with for this, this period of hermitage, this period of being so insular. And it more complex than just staying home and being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Just like something that, that captures the spirit of being alone and kind of confined but I feel like there's so much more in the hermit of the um intentionality around yeah, it's a voluntary the, act yeah it's 
volunteer voluntary it may have something to do with like a a seeking a devotion um a real sense of awareness self-awareness that you want to tend to the inner work and yeah. i feel like the hanged man to me is these times when you are no longer able to put off that work and there's like a lot of what the tarot is about is these cards that especially the card that you keep getting that you really you really bristle at and you say to yourself oh, god damn it like <laughs> i i want to fucking take the three of swords out of the deck and you know throw it on the fire because it's just every time you see it it's so triggering and it's so um frustrating and i think that there's a lot about the hanged man that can feel super frustrating but the part of it is is that you you need to um you need to cede control mm -hmm. because attempting to maintain control is impossible first off and all it's going to do is um all it's going to do is just yeah, it just makes You're you even more comfortable than you already yeah. are. Yeah, and how do you stack the moments? How do you spend the moments while you're suspended there? Um, mm -hmm. It takes decades to learn how not to struggle against confinement, or at least it has for me. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm only barely starting to understand how to struggle less when I feel confined. And usually that's emotionally confined in some way, some mm -hmm. like controlling way. Um, <laughs> Learning how to surrender is a huge thing, obviously, across spiritual traditions. Uh, yeah. But learning how to surrender when there's still fighting to be done, which is the case right now, is a really Absolutely. thing. Yeah, I do think that you get into these, like, these echo chambers because everybody's kind of like going into their own... You know, like Robert Anton Wilson talks about like reality tunnels. I feel like everyone's kind of down a reality well right now. <laughs> you know, you're, like, you're in the Simpsons, like Timmy O'Toole. You're down at the bottom of the well. And you're just shouting for your fucking life at yeah. the bottom of this well. Yeah. And but the well around you agrees with you. You're in a well of agreement. Yeah, like, well, the well is echoing. Yeah, yeah. the well is. Yes. In you yeah, know, it's been kind of jarring to be around people. Like, I run into people in my apartment complex who will say something about, you know, shitty about the looting. And it's like, oh, your reality is totally different from mine. And I'm not really experiencing that perspective right now because I'm avoiding it. And you can't. Yeah. Like, but nobody has a job. And like, society like, is, you know, completely in a chrysalis. Society is ending. Maybe the police are ending. Oh, man, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, holy shit. <laughs> Think of the possibilities. People could get actual care. Yeah, you also get a thing where I feel like everyone needs to, like, learn how to be in the world again. Because I don't know how people have been spending their time. You know, everyone's in their well, as we're saying. You know, you're down a well. And my well, <laughs> you know, personally, <laughs> my well has involved a lot of um like i've been doing a ton of kundalini yoga i've been doing some psychedelics i've been like watching my cats move around um been doing i've riding my bike every day so in a way like i feel like i've been very like uninvolved in a lot of things um but i also feel like i'm like doing some maintenance that ultimately will will 
extend outwards. Oh, you know, I feel that way. <laughs> in a way that will be like, if not necessarily beneficial, it will at least be like not harmful. <laughs> well, I think that resting and exercise, good job, dude. <laughs> good for you. I've just been, I mean, it's kind of the same for me. I go for long walks. I cook a lot. I hang out with my kid, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, it's nice to have this quiet time. Uh, I have never felt the need to like be proving myself to the world constantly. And it's nice to have a break from the pressure of that. So, and just like be. I think that's sort of the thing about the hanged man, like to come back to that is it's kind of like what you're left with um, when all of the external things that we distract ourselves with, that we, yeah, that we define ourselves by and that you like, define we, yourselves by your job and you suddenly lose your job and there's a pandemic in your home for, you know, 10 weeks. <laughs> what do you do? What happens to you? Yeah. You have to like discover that, you know, and that's something that I think the way that, you know, like the education system, capitalism, everything is designed, is it's designed for us to like understand ourselves in relation to the rest of the system, like how we, what kind of brick we are. Right, never look at you ourselves know? alone. Just, yes. yeah. The pandemic is almost like making a Faustian bargain where <laughs> everybody runs around all day saying, so busy. Yeah, I'm so busy all the time. Like I, you know, we, we pay a lot of lip service in our yeah. culture to wanting time and how valuable our time is and how valuable, you know, our families are and all these things. Yeah. And I feel like it, it's sort of this um, experiment it's like a, a dose of medicine that's being played on us. Yes. From yeah. some, you know, from some like greater energetic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. We got what we asked for. Uh, yeah. Going back to the individualism thing, I found that in my life, um, the more time went on, the more I observed. And, you know, having a lot to do with the people I was around, some people are afforded more luxury of individualism than others. Some people are expected... Oh be more or less support animals in that setup. And, uh, you know, clearly we're dealing with the consequences of what people are targeted to be support animals and what people are targeted to be stars in American mm -hmm. society. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a shitty feeling. The first time I was really able to be or had to be alone with myself was when I was leaving a major relationship in my life where you know, I was the support person to an individual mm -hmm. and would never have been able to grow past that, I think. But it was devastating. I think that if I hadn't gone through that experience, this experience would be a lot more painful for me. And I think it's been a really painful thing for a lot of people to have the quiet stillness of alone time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I'm trying to think of like a way of, because um, that is a really good point where I definitely went through several years of my life feeling like when you say you're like the emotional support animal or you're like some kind of a crutch. Like yeah. A, yeah. Um, I was never going to be more than like the best friend or the companion or the wife or the whatever, you know, or I felt that I was not going to be, that there wasn't room for me to do that because the needs were so large of the person above me in whatever hierarchy I found myself in. And I still do feel, but I feel like it's like kind of that hanged man thing of, mm -hmm. um, or like the Chiron thing people talk about in astrology of yeah. the 
particular yeah. and how it's so critical to, um, to take the part of you that you feel the greatest sort of shame about or, or you feel is like your weakness, mm -hmm. you know, it's feel is, is your like Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. And until you figure out, and that's, I mean, that's Jung in a nutshell too. That's the shadow. That's whatever yeah. it is, where you're, yeah, it's, it's like the two sides of the same coin. Like when I was talking the other day about the, um, priceless, the pricelessness, worthlessness continuum mm -hmm. and how the things that you, that you have about yourself that, and this is capitalism too, that you feel are like the monetary beneficial parts of you, the parts of you that other people oh, that are parts? desirable. Yeah. Was that? The good parts? The good parts are like the, the, the marketable parts. Yeah. She would be so great I, if she did more of this stuff. The aspirational, <laughs> or like, you know, you can go all the way back into like your entire life and think about like what you get positive reinforcement for, not yeah. even, you know, before you get That's paid. controlling entities target and use against you to keep you small. Yeah. So like even the question of integrating that is it doesn't exist as long as you are under the control of an entity that's authoritarian in some way. Well, as long as you're operating within that system. Yeah. And so like for me, my whole thing, like you were saying about feeling like you're somebody's, um, you know, emotional support animal, you're somebody's beast of burden. Somebody's you're beta somebody's thing, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's somebody's beta thing or somehow almost then you become like, you become this extension of someone else. Right. And they get pissed so, off at you when you behave like you're not an extension of them. Right. Yeah. Which then, I mean, inevitably it's like that thing, it's like muscles and like whether you use a muscle or you don't use a muscle. And so mm -hmm. if you're, you know, main role for so long and you don't even notice is this kind of like support beam, this buttress, yeah. you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, like that, depending on how you're being acted on how because I always think of like interactions between people I think are very like they're you know they say you have chemistry and I think there's like there's a chemistry there's a spirit there's a there's so all these things that are happening right, right. that we don't necessarily perceive within a combination of, of people and behaviors and activities oh and yeah like if that's your thing and that's what you're getting reinforced for that's kind of what you're getting rewarded for or you're in this place where you're so, you know, kind of twisted around by the dynamic with this other person that you are, or not even another person, it could be with a job, it could be with, an, you know, with, with the whole of society or whatever it is that you feel this interaction, then there's going to be the other part of you that begins to atrophy inevitably, because it's just like not getting fed, it's not yeah. getting tended to. And so I think with like the pricelessness, worthlessness thing, I, when I was first in the world trying to just like stay afloat <laughs> i definitely felt for many years um like you say you know like a, an emotional support animal i felt like a um like a cork oh. or like something like a plug like something you use to plug a hole with oh yeah like not like not a part of anything but like in a pinch like something like like the little dutch boy you know in the thumb in the dam like yeah. that and yeah. so but that's like a really weird way to feel because it wasn't like i felt unconnected to any of these things i'd like right. temporarily for a moment kind of like fill this this hole this gap and yes. then kind of like as soon as whatever the crisis has passed or like that immediate need for the that just extra set of hands is yeah. gone um yeah, the water recedes and everything's fine again. 
yeah, water recedes, everything's fine. And then you're kind of like, you kind of disappear, you know, like you, you sort of no longer yeah. exist. Um, and so like the, I think to me, actually this, this not having that kind of constant hustle energy has been super like restorative. <laughs> because, <laughs> it's exhausting. It's exhausting to stand there with your finger in there. It is. It's exhausting to always have your hands out all ready to go. Totally. Yeah. Use your hands for other stuff. <laughs> I yeah, you know, almost there. I've almost I've almost gotten to that point with it. Thinking about the like the rope in the hanged man. Go on. Like rope in general and how how powerful it is and how many things you can do with it. But I was also started thinking about the grounding cord and how when you ground yourself, you yes. you imagine you have like an imaginary rope oh, cord. Yeah. The silver cord. Totally. Yeah. 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 Um, but what's I was doing a lot of astral uh, travel research early in the quarantine. Um, I've had a few experiences with that in my <laughs> life and uh, have a couple of books about it. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm into the silver cord. I love it. Um, and so we have that cord that grounds you through your feet. And what's interesting is the hanged man is like an inversion of that. Yes. It's like instead of having this cord that like really securely kind of tethers you to some kind of a, um, an anchor that you perceive beneath you. Well, not only that, but his feet are off the ground. He's floating. Yeah. And I think that that like, again, gets us into our minds because you're kind of hanging there and you've got nothing but time to think. And it's a little bit like that thing in like, if you're meditating or you're doing anything where you're trying to center yourself and become mindful, right. but you're sort of like tumbling around. Yeah. A lot of distortion, there's a lot of distraction. All of your mundane problems like to visit when you're trying to be mindful and meditative. Yeah, and I think that we, we were talking before um, we started recording, I wanna to touch on Rube Goldberg. <laughs> Okay. And like and the kind of quotidian hanging that we all do with ourselves and yes. how we're kind of I have to um, do this thing. I've got to hurry to do this thing. Well, how we're always trussing ourselves up essentially um, in these invisible strings. The, the Rube Goldberg thing is something I've thought about for a long time because I had when I was in college I had a an advisor who was this really amazing guy but he had very extreme phobias. And his father was really famous for having had phobias as well. Oh. And he eventually wrote, this, this professor of mine, um, teacher of mine, wrote a book about how he, and you'll like this because this comes back to another thing we're going to probably end up doing soon, had a twin. He was born with a twin who um, had, I believe, like Down syndrome. She had something where at the time when they were born in the 40s, the, oh. the parents decided to institutionalize her. Oh. And so had this feeling all his life that like really strong twin feeling oh. of um that like he couldn't do anything that she didn't get to do oh and so like all his life like this sort of the wellspring of his um neuroses in a way was this this tether this really tight strong yeah yeah that he had and just that feeling all the time of that like anxiety about um, like, and I think that's sort of how we bind ourselves too, whether it's like not giving ourselves permission or like having this kind of idea about what we are and are not permitted in life. You know, like you yes. were sort of saying, we're in that situation of like bolstering someone else. 
yeah. it really um, diminishes the degree to which you have that, um, that capacity developed to fulfill your own desires because your desires get so um, subverted yeah. and sort of like channeled into someone else's desires until the point where you, you can't really even pick them out. And so like that this, what this um, man with all these phobias, I remember talking to him once and saying how like, I feel like every time you meet a new person, it's like you're walking into, you're opening a door and you're walking into a house that's full of Rube Goldberg machines. Because <laughs> we each, we, we create these systems for ourselves. We create these like mousetrap contraptions that makes sense in our own kind of like, there's so much that, that people just here and there do and so it's like you're almost like interactions with other people can feel like they're just booby trapped sometimes you know like that you're yeah. stepping on something and tripping something yeah drops something on a goldfish and then it spills onto an alarm clock <laughs> yeah and the steel marble rolls down a tube for a really long time until it hits you in the brain <laughs> yeah or it's like you accidentally tap a domino and then just it's like game over <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had that happen a few times. <laughs> I've been through that experience. Sometimes right. it can be something that you think is like the most innocuous thing and the person just loses their mind. Yeah, uh, because what you've done is you've disrupted their, um, you know, their, their system, their reality. Right. And we are so, I mean, we're like, we're creatures of habit. And we also, like we were talking about before too, we, we have these... Um, beyond the people that we use as crutches, you know, and like the substances that we use as crutches and the sort of familiar experiences that we come to not be like comforted, but well, maybe we do come to be comforted by because sometimes you feel like comfort in being miserable because you've like gotten to the point where you've, you know, built yourself like a special little misery cottage. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then, like, this is my home. This is where I reside. This is only the miserable may come in. Only the miserable may come in. And like, if you're coming in and you're offering me kindness, then I feel like I feel my cottage starts to become like transparent. It starts to like it. It starts to like glitch up. You know, <laughs> like it. It like begins to dissolve. <laughs> and then you're like, where the fuck am I gonna live? I don't have. And then you're like exposed out here in the world. Um, yeah. In this way, I'll die of exposure without my misery cottage. Yeah, yeah. I'll die of exposure with my heart out in the you know out in the open. Without. Uh, the, I think a lot of that has to do with the fear of being seen. You really think that you're hiding mm -hmm. when you're in that misery cottage. Um, when in reality you're more seen than you can even like conceive of being. And it's only much later that you realize, oh, <laughs> they weren't like blowing up my spot. They were just remarking upon the obvious. I think I've been on both sides of that in both roles there. Yeah. And well, and the thing about the cottage too is like the cottage is the thing that you show people. Right we embrace capitalism because we find that it allows us this external outlet for um, ourselves wherein we are able to do. It gives us a shape. I mean, it gives us a shape yeah. and just exchange, you know, a symbol for it. it's really easy. <laughs> it doesn't require yeah, exactly. a lot of thought. Yeah, it requires, well, it's, it requires that we um, 
kind of fix on a vision of what we want to show of ourselves. And so that's like the little house we build where we're like, okay, well, I would like for people when they think about me, because it's also one of these things too, where I think it's like a great um, trick that's been played on all of us that we really think other people think about us more than they actually do. (laughs) And we spend a lot of our time like trying to create things for other people like these sort of signifiers so that other people might know us as we yes. as we hope and desire to be known yes. and <laughs> we were talking about the hanged man too we talked about like golden handcuffs and gilded cages and like i think about corsets too because it's that sense that you're like creating this support around yourself but oh, it's yeah. actually constricting you from being able to breathe properly you know so you're there and you're like all right well i'm going to i'm going to show everyone that i am you know like some kind of depend you could pick anything really like whatever sort of like niche thing you want people to see when they see you (laughs) Um, and then you go on like making that and then the moment somebody comes and like picks at a piece of the sweater and it starts to unravel then you're like oh shit now i'm now I'm naked and I am nothing like because the thing that made me what I am is now like taken from me. And it's like, it's that I I think a lot of people um, don't know what's there when that thing is gone. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can opt out of ever finding out, I think. Oh, Um, absolutely. Yeah. You can, you can take a pass every time. Yeah. But that does hurt the people around you as I think we're finding out now. Mm. Here's something I was thinking about at the break. Uh, yep. We should come up with actionable steps or what we think are actionable steps of this energy that like we can take with ourselves or people can take with themselves. I, I would be down to, to yeah. include like um, some things you could like play with or like a question you could ask or yeah. something. You know? Maybe not yeah, actionable like- steps, but ideas or meditations or, you know, something. Yeah, or like conversation seeds if people want to go out and and talk about some of what we've been talking about or how about okay let's see what i have in mind is like distillation of the wisdom of this Mm -hmm. of this like this kind of this time this energy topic and how we've discussed this topic and what this topic brought up for you yeah Mm -hmm. what are you going to take with you for me um i think what i'm going to take from the hanged man I think it's the the thing that my friend I was telling you about when we, when we were discussing this topic. Um, a good friend of mine has done a lot of work with like with bondage and and the sort of the therapeutic benefits of it's kind of like almost like swaddling, just pressure that mm-hmm. sense of like that yeah. one the weighted you know, blanket idea. Yeah, yeah, like a weighted blanket or a thunder shirt or mm-hmm. um, like the sort of Japanese rope suspension and all yeah. of. I think for me, it's it's like about that, like the trust fall into the lack of control and the the sense that that there's there's something about not having control that to me is sort of comforting because it it gives you that sort of like it gives you that child consciousness again. It's a kind of freedom. It's a kind of freedom because you're not expected to like solve something or make something happen or anything 
And that's been super liberating for me in this time because I feel like I spend so much of my time when like the world is moving and going, um, feeling like so pressurized by just like all of the, um, the expectation that you should be productive, that you should be doing this, you should be doing that, that you should be explaining to people that you finally figured out what to do with yourself. And for me, I feel like I'm in a constant state of never knowing what to do with myself. And and so, if, like, for me, the fact that now everybody's kind of, like, at a loose end is, um, it makes me feel less alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's, if that's an actionable step, but that's sort of where I'm at. How about you? Uh, I grew up around a lot of controlling people and, uh, you know, after that, spent time with a lot of controlling people because it was my familiarity. And mm-hmm. I am a person who has never really felt the need to justify her existence to the world at large, which has gotten me a lot of pushback in my life, which I'll get into eventually, I think. But um, oh, yeah. my initial reaction when somebody's like, you should be doing something is to say, go fuck yourself, mm-hmm. which is not great when you're like setting up a life. And I kind of feel enormously validated as an anti-hustle culture person in how well I'm able to live during this suspended time. So I think that's my takeaway. Like, I'm okay with this, relaxing within constriction. Mm -hmm. And I think that I could be okay where I am, even if shit all around me is terrible. Uh... So I don't know if I'm taking anything with me except a sort of vague sense of reassurance, um, Mm -hmm. knowledge that I have acquired a certain tool that I didn't used to have, which is that I can make myself happy anywhere. Damien Eccles has a really interesting thing. Midnight gospel. Yeah. We both loved uh, about feeling like he was in a control tower that controlled the whole world while he was still in jail because he had learned how to make his mind so free through his study of magic. Yeah. That's loved that when I was watching that, when he's, when he says that his, cause I mean, I, for anyone listening, probably people do know Damien Eccles, but in case you don't, he was one of the West Memphis three and then actually spent so much time in solitary confinement in a completely black room, I believe that his sight was really severely impacted. And he's like, not totally blind, very um, severely impaired his sight. And yeah, when he said that, when he said that, um, First of all, he considered the fact that he was wrongly imprisoned for murder to have been good karma, which is like, that's so hanged man to me. That, totally. that idea yeah. of kind of, I think that's part of the hangman is it is kind of like a meditation thing. It's kind of like something where you're almost like you're left with something for so long that like you have all the time and space and like freedom of your mind to learn to love the things that you didn't think you could ever possibly love. You're forced to. I had this hand injury that went on for a really long time a few years ago. And uh, I mean, basically like optically ruined my life. I lost all my material possessions and like most of the relationships in my life. And it was really kind of a, you know, nightmare. Was it, it was actually before I, because I really want to hear the whole story. Was it oh. your dominant hand or your non-dominant? Yes, dominant hand. Second uh, devastating injury to my dominant hand, which is really weird. So I started having to use my left hand a lot, which was incidental to the rest of it. But I think uh, helpful in terms of like, I um, feel like that was a gift. That horribly painful experience that changed so much um, led me to a deepened appreciation of my existence on earth and you know what I had left. And it reframed 
all my priorities. I mean, things, devastating things really do that. It was a gift. I mean, it was like painful to go through it, but uh, now I'm really grateful. That was my hanged man time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we, I think we um, periodically, everybody experiences those times. Mm-hmm. We're in them now. Yeah. We've said enough. I think there's some, there's some goodies in there. I think we can do some editing. Happy um, first episode, Masland. Cheers. I feel like we should, yeah, should be toasting. Uh, ah, nice one, Macbeth. Um, we don't really have a sign out yet, do we? We don't really no. have anything at the end. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we can just be Maslin and Macbeth signing out.